Welcome to the Servants of Fire podcast, where we dive into real-life application of the prophetic, evangelism, pastoring, healing, and so much more. We'll have special guests and your host, Alvin Kaufman. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Servants of Fire podcast group. If you could please hit that subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you get this podcast, that would be great. Check out our Facebook group, Servants of Fire podcast, and share this with your friends. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Where did you learn dreams? I studied. I studied under John Paul under John Paul Jackson, or under his. Well, I, technically under Doug Addison, who was teaching John Paul Jackson's courses. Hmm. And so I, um, I studied under them, under them, and then I took. I never took the full extent of their course. Um, it was just something that I naturally was developing as well. It's just a part of my overall, like the gift mixture that God was giving me. And so like, you know, when we were originally in the beginning, um, like in the first class, Doug was giving examples of dreams and saying, like, well, what do you think this dream means? And he would ask the class. Well, everyone would try super hard to analyze it, and I would just jokingly say something. But me, just jokingly, what like I was closer to the actual, like what they would consider the actual interpretation of the dream because I think creatively, and I think metaphorically, and so it just kind of. And then if I don't like, and if I'm not getting it, like as far as the actual imagery in the dream, like I'll get it through like just the spirit of the lord in it and so sometimes i may not know what the symbol means you know um but i'll get kind of like all right this is just what the lord's saying and sometimes it may not be that what's in the dream per se exactly like my friend will always make fun of me because they're like that's not even what those symbols mean or anything like that and i'm like yeah but this is what the lord's saying to them (laughs) they're like that's cheating and i'm like "Eh, yeah it's a gift (laughs) So talk about your creativity a bit. I see like uh, one thing I really admire about you and like following you online, obviously, but uh, is your creative ability to whether it be maybe create income for yourself, but your Facebook groups and your, your pages, like you have some really good art. What is that all in line? Is that something you learned along the way or have you always been creative like that? Uh, I would say art has been something that's kind of always been there for me. Um, as far as I would go all the way back into like, I mean, I remember like finger and marble painting in kindergarten and stuff like that. But, uh, uh, it went through my entire life. And then when I got into high school, um, I took a, what was that? It was, it was a, it was a specific type of art class basically that was all, uh, based around marketing. And which is just really weird for like my high school had like graphic design as an, as an elective to take, but like I was in high school in the nineties. And so like to make an opportunity for, to, to use Photoshop was super rare. Like it was like Photoshop four. Like, I don't even know what version we're on now. Cause they don't even use like numbers. They use letters. And so with that, I, it was called commercial art. And so I took this commercial art class and I took 
this Photoshop class or graphic design class, which taught it was a, in one semester, they taught you Photoshop and uh, Illustrator. And I just excelled in Photoshop to the point where like when our end of the year project was done, like my teacher decided to print a full poster of everything. And I've kind of so I've had those skills underneath um, from those days, but never did I think at that point in time that it would be something that I, that I'd bring forward with me. And when I came into kind of a a pastoral position um, in the uh, let's see, like 2005 to 2000, and around there, around 2005. I came to the church and was like, you know, I really like you guys should have like a website and graphics. And they were like, well, God's giving you the idea. What do you need to do it? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I've never designed a website. And through that, they just bought the tools that I thought I would need. And I just kind of took a crack at it. And that kind of opened the door for, for me to have a position in the church and, you know, your gift will make room for you. And everyone thinks it's always going to be like the spiritual gift in the sense of like your gift of prophecy, your gift of, you know, uh, intercession, your gift of this, your gift of that. And my gift was pointing out that they needed a website and a logo and things like that. Hmm. And through that process, it, it brought me in closer to relationship with the pastor and um, became really good friends, a spiritual father of mine. Um, then I started doing work for his business and like it, it turned into a graphic design, uh, side job for me. So I was working 40 hours a week plus doing this on on the side. And it really just came about where I, when I got saved, I wanted to make Christianity relevant because I always felt like graphics, music, art. The whole art uh, mountain, if we if we want to go that route, it always seems like it's been like ten to twenty years behind. And you know, where musically and art, art and poetry and things, it like it lacks a lot of creativity, in my opinion. And so, I say my opinion because some people are like, no, it doesn't. Uh, so through that time, I, I started doing more graphics and started getting better and better and better and more skilled then in 2007 i left my uh comfortable cushy job uh working at a radio station and my pastoral position in the church and everything i left america actually i went and did an internship in canada and through the internship uh i had raised a bunch of money to go there but i still didn't have it all and i knew i was gonna have to pay for it somehow and I wasn't sure how and, you know, like other than just raising money. And one day I was at their version of Best Buy. And I just like had this impression buy a laptop, which seemed completely irresponsible. Because like it was going to cost like a, nearly a thousand dollars because laptops were not very you couldn't get a three hundred dollar laptop like you can now. So I buy this laptop and, and probably within a month I made all my money back and then some, and I went to, um, 
a friend of mine, I said, you know, like you have all these teachings out and your graphics for your, for your teaching covers, they're horrible. Like they need Jesus. I'll make you this, like, I'll give you this offer. Let me design one of them for you. I'll do it completely free. If you don't like it, you don't like it, whatever. If you do like it, you let me do the rest of them and pay me for it. And they said, okay. So I, I did the very first one, and it was a teaching about the treasury rooms of heaven. And I brought him back this, this like, at the time, it was awesome looking. It looked like this, you know, like, golden throne room and it had like all this treasure in it and stuff like that and he was like we've never seen anything like this before and so i ended up redoing all of his teachings and then it opened the door for me to work in the actual ministry i was interning with helping with graphics and ended up paying off my internship again your gifts will make room for you and sometimes it doesn't look like the way you think it's going to do or the way the way it's going to work and through all that, it allowed me to pay for many things because I was in Canada. I couldn't technically have a job. And, but all these Americans that were around were paying me to do their graphics now. Were paying me to do their DVD covers, their, their, their event graphics, you know, and all this other stuff. And it just kind of always became like a side job for me. Even when I'd have a, nine, a regular nine to five, I'd always have this to fall back on. And then, so it's something I've always used. And, you know, so you talked about, you know, different groups and stuff. I had an, had an encounter in 2008 where I, I encountered the Lord. And then the only, like, I couldn't fully describe everything. But when I came out of the encounter, my creativity changed. And like, it was like I was in the mind of the Lord and we're created in the image of a creator. Like God is a creator. And like, when I came out of it, my creativity completely changed and my, my ability to design graphics went to a different level. And everyone was noticing around me. They're like, everything you're designing is completely different than anything else we've seen you design. And through that, that just, um, always kind of been on the back burner for me to do. And then with the different groups and stuff like that, it's just been, I've always had a mind towards business. You know, before I was saved, I was involved in drug dealing and things like that. And, you know, was good at that. Like I was making, I would take, you know, a small amount of money and invest it into what I was going to do and make, you know, two to 300% more than what I actually invested. So I always made a good profit. And so it's always been something that the Lord's, I I believe it's a gift that God's given me as far as like understanding business, marketing and things of that nature. And so it's just always kind of played into everything that I do. I, I, I spent years trying to divide the business side of like what the gift that God's given me in the ministry side and realizing that, you know, a Wesley divided against himself cannot stand. And so I can't divide the two. You know, I kept on trying to divide the business and the, and the consulting. But when you look at like, like what a, oftentimes the role of a prophet would play in scripture is 
as a consultant to the king. They would, and like oftentimes that's what they use seers for. Was that they would say, "Go, go get the seer," uh, and you know we need we need to consult of him, and like what the Lord is speaking to us. And so, like a consultant would be a seer prophet, and they would come in and speak to the king and speak to the direction of the kingdom and all that sort of stuff. And so that's in many cases that's where I, the role I've served in ministry is like discerning the time and season for the direction of the ministry and things that would be happening and things that would be uh, taking place. And so that's kind of, it's just been God's utilized the giftings that he's given me by being available to them and being open to, or not being closed off to, you know, uh, a different role per se. That's why I, like I teach people like, take your vision and make it plain and make it simple, make it clear. Like many people are trying to find this really defined vision. They're trying to live this very defined path in which they're not seeing it. They're not, they're going, well, where is this? Like, like if you've ever, like, if you've ever done like a, a treasure hunt or a word of knowledge and you're like, I'm looking for the right color red shirt, but you can't find that right color red shirt. So you just skip over everybody else that's wearing a variation of red. And I've done that. But what happens if you dial it back and just go, like, let me look at the skeleton of this plan. There's so much more freedom and no stress in it. Yeah. And, go, and then you start seeing how the Lord works through it. And the Lord's taken all the skills I've learned from when I was a cook at a restaurant to when I worked at McDonald's as a teenager to when I've done this and when I've done that, when I've done these different things. And he's used all these different skills to bring them into this place. Like I remember when I worked at a pizza place and we did our, a, tw- uh, a 20 year anniversary or whatever year it was. And we dropped our prices back to the first from when they first opened. And I remember what we did for marketing in that. And I still use that, that same theory that I, that I learned 15 years ago hmm. today when it comes like when someone goes, Oh, how do I sell this better? I'm like, well, just make a ridiculous offer and then people will take it, you know? Hmm. And so I use those, it's using though, all those different things I've learned from all over the years. Yeah. Hmm. I'll, uh, I'll maybe just jump in here, Wesley, but you've given us already a lot to think about. And even me, you've kind of, uh, with this podcast, I can say, this has just been a passion of mine. I've always wanted to have a podcast and have guests on. And even the little bit that I've started, I've already felt such a momentum um, and people giving me feedback and doors opening to partner with people that I've even had guests on. So, I mean, yeah, we, we always think of gifts as at the front of the church, but God's so practical in ways that we often miss we deceive ourselves thinking that God's after just a spiritual aspect and uh, not so much the practical, but um, anyways. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like someone, like somebody became really wealthy off of the pet rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we have to take that in consideration. Someone made millions of dollars painting something on a rock and selling it. Like, that, like, why hasn't the church came out with that kind of idea yet to fund the to fund the gospel? 
<laughs> you know, it's that simple. So, Wesley, you've been featured on the Elijah list, and this is kind of a subject matter that I wanted to get in with you as well, just because you have so much experience in ministry. But um, let's talk about maybe prophetic words um, just for individuals and then kind of switch that up to corporate and even being featured on Elijah list and kind of talk about the different functions of prophecy, if you could, with uh, personal um, corporate and even nationally, really, with Elijah List. Yeah, um, with with personal prophetic words, it's there. I remember the first time I spoke um, with it was at a, it was actually after like a, a period of time where the Lord was kind of sitting me back, and um, I was asked to speak at this youth event. And I could almost say like it felt like an anxiety attack, like, but it wasn't anxiety. It was, I became a, very aware that what I say in that moment, I am held accountable for. And like, it was like the fear of the Lord. Like if I was to say something wrong that could hurt somebody or lead them astray, the weight of those words were on me and it's like you know in in scripture you know if you were to hurt one of these little ones it would be better for you to put the stone around your neck and cast yourself into the sea and i was like lord like don't let me do anything <laughs> like guard my mouth um please you know like perform a uh a, a mighty miracle and remove my foot from my mouth uh permanently please because I have sometimes, you know, I just I'm quick and I say something, and so like in in and I've made my mistakes in personal prophecy, where like I was really trying to speak into someone being like Samuel, but I called them Samson, or um, <laughs> you know, and I was like, oops, uh, sorry about that, and uh, just different things like that, and I've had moments where. I've put out really wor weird words of knowledge, and this is before I even knew what a word of knowledge was, before it was like super popular as it is right now. Like everybody's oohed and odd about words of knowledge now, but they've been around for such a long time. Like I remember hearing stories about like Larry Randolph calling out like credit card numbers and social security numbers and stuff like that. And, um, and I didn't know what they were when like I just started operating in a gift and I didn't understand it fully at that time. And I remember hearing like, riddle me this, riddle me that who's scared of the big black bat, which is a quote from a Batman movie. And I say that no one responds and I'm, <laughs> everyone's like laughing at me, you know, like you said a really weird thing. And later this, this mom comes up to me and she goes, my son just said that to me last night. I'm like, where were you at? Like, why did you come up? Why did you leave me looking so so dumb right here? Um, her son came the following night, and he got saved and gave his life to the Lord. And so it's like it's you're taking risk and you're learning at the same time um, through with personal prophecy. You know, like Doug Addison used to teach, you know, when I look at you, I see, which is a really easy way to step into it. And – 
when I first started out, I used to see like words over people like a carousel. And I would just choose a word and then just kind of just keep talking until I was done. <laughs> and uh, it just kind of developed over time. And through that, like, led to probably, like, the first word I ever had. I wouldn't even call it, like, a prophetic word, where like, but maybe, like, a message from God's heart. And that's kind of how I look at the prophetic, is what is, like, God's heart in a matter or in a situation? Even from a, from a, all the way down from a personal level to a corporate level to a global level, what is God's heart? And it's like, I've even said in like the book, the, the book I have coming out is uh, that the prophetic is nothing more than the heartbeat of God. Like you're interpreting it. And it's kind of like you hear Morse code and you hear do, 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 do you know, like whatever you hear in, in the heartbeat of God and you're interpreting that. And so for me, whether it's an individual standing in front of me or sitting in front of me to a, a larger word for like on a national level or a global level or God, what's your heart in this situation and understanding like the encounter that I had or whatever, whatever's leading to that word. Cause typically like the words for like that you'd see on Elijah list are going to come out of an encounter. They're going to come out of some type of experience where like the words that I'm going to get for an individual are, are going to come in that moment. Sometimes they may be like an encounter or an experience, but more than likely it's going to be an impression, a picture, a word, maybe a little video playing in my mind or whatever it might be. Um, and I just kind of go from there. But it was probably... I remember the, the same spiritual father I had quite some time back when I was, you know, building websites. I remember him going, what does the Lord spoke to you for this coming year? Kind of like before I really ever stepped into that, like that prophetic realm, he saw the call on my life and was like already challenging me to step into that thing. And when he did that, it caused me to go, all right, God, what are you doing for this coming year? And I remember, like, and I would just kind of keep them personal and stuff like that. But the first one I put out was I saw God cleaning up a lot of messes. I saw, like, a bunch of people playing in what looked like a pig pen. And they were covered in mud. And But everybody was so concerned about the mud that somebody else was in instead of, like, the mud that was on them. And I saw this rain come and wash the mud off of people. And I was like, the Lord's really going to we're going to go through a season of cleansing, but it's not going to look like how you, how, you know, like what you think it's going to be. It's not going to be this like crazy, like raw, like, you know, like you hear like these whole, like you, when there's a, there's a holiness message that comes out of intimacy. And then there's a holiness message that comes out of the law. And the holiness message that comes out of the law is like striving and work and like 
it almost like it it's like it almost like it removes Jesus from the equation because you're trying to become holy when you are because he is and holiness that comes out of a message of intimacy is like the closer you get to his heart the more of the things that break his heart you don't want to do them anymore hmm. that's good that's and good. So, so it comes out of a place out of love and you realize that you because you've been forgiven of the, those who are forgiven much love much and so you know like and i've had full-on debates with people and they're like you have to strive for holiness and i'm like but even in all your striving your best attempts are filthy rags it doesn't give us an excuse to sin but the closer and i'm like you do realize we have the same message i just have a different approach my approach is like god loves you and the closer you get to him the more you're not going to want to do these things even even the things that are like permissible but they're just not beneficial. You start eliminating those things out of your life too. Cause you're like, man, this doesn't even produce life at all. Why does it have, why does it have my attention or energy or my gaze? Why does it have, why am I paying attention to anything that doesn't produce life? And it's, you know, but we teach in the church that like, because Adam and Eve sinned, God stayed away from them. But when you look in scripture, because Adam and Eve sinned, God drew in and said, where are you? But it wasn't, it wasn't in a sense of like he couldn't see them. It was they were hiding from him. When Adam and Eve came before the Lord, they said, we hid because we were naked and ashamed. It, God wasn't hiding from Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were hiding from God. We are the ones who pull away in the moments of sin. God draws closer, I believe, and says, why is your identity being, you know, tried right now? Like, this isn't your right. That was, who told you you were naked? In other words, who told you that this was your identity? I didn't give you that. And so we see in, the, in nearly almost every human struggle, God draws in. And says, I'm right here in the midst. And I'm going to show you how to fix this. And then, and then God gave us Jesus, who is like this ultimate fix for all of it. It's so ridiculous that it's like, you're like, well, I murdered somebody yesterday. But Jesus. And like, that's, that's very hard for the human finite mind to understand. That... You can do the worst of the worst things, but if you repent, like you truly repent and you confess with your mouth and in your heart that Jesus is Lord, the reward could be the same. Whether you showed up on the last day or you were there on the first day. And that messes with some people. I like being being a young minister, like in my 20s. That messed with a lot of people when they were like, I've been saved longer than he's been alive. Join us next time for part two of this episode with Wesley Roderick.